You're listening to a Big Finish production. Whoosh! This is the Big Finish podcast officially channeled directly into your brain on the 17th of June 2018. Hashtag squiggly squiggle rotating owls. Love a rotating owl. Punic and Benji! How welcome are you? Very. Please feel free to wander in, sell down, and enjoy all we have to offer because you've just entered the audio world of Big Finish Productions. Audio books, audio drama, Doctor Who, Star Cops, Journey of the Doctor's Daughter, loads of great stuff. And talking of uh, Jenny, the Doctor's daughter, this week's yes. guest star interview is with Georgia Tennant, who it plays is. Jenny, the Doctor's daughter, and was one of the producers of this very popular four-hour box set release. More on the reaction to Jenny in a moment in our latest releases roundup, packed with clips and review quotes. That'll be followed by the Big Finish News, featuring some incredible new trailers. Then it'll be time for listeners' emails. My favourite thing in the whole wide galaxy. How wide is the galaxy, Nick? It's wide, Benji. <laughs> it's wide. Uh, following listeners' emails, we unveil once more the Randomoid Selectrotron for us to randomly chat about a random release from the big random finish random archive. It's very random. And then to top it all off, we conclude with our 15-minute drama tease. <gasps> this week, it's the second Doctor Companion Chronicles Volume 2 mm. and an adventure entitled Dumbwaiter by Rob Nisbet, featuring second Doctor Companion Fraser Hines in a much-anticipated mashup with fourth Doctor Companion Leela. Oh, it's such a tease. Yes, that's, um, that's what's coming up. Time now to get on with it! Get on with it! <laughs> Here are the latest releases... The reviews are in for Star Cops and Jenny, the Doctor's daughter, and they're officially super duper. Oh yes, that's quite some driving. See what I did there? Opened up a hyperspace portal and zipped through. Whoa. Alert! Impact in three seconds. What? The bad wilf. <laughs> See what you did there. Podcast hey. says the Doctor's daughter is fantastic. A breath of fresh air. The theme music is epic. Of course, it perfectly encapsulates the Doctor's nature in Jenny. The stories and the cast are engaging. The sound design is flawless. Jenny, the Doctor's daughter, is firing on all cylinders. A perfect synergy between cast and crew. I'm practically begging for series two. Hello. Do you mind? I need to get something from back here. Go ahead. I am turning off all the power feeds. Mistress Tarles requires it for the health and the safety. You must be very technically minded, knowing how to work all these different ships. Aha! They are not so different. You go, you stop, that is all. Right. Where are you from? I've never met anyone purple before. I am a warrior. Blogger Who says Georgia Tennant is simply magnificent, backed up by an absolutely stellar cast that managed to shine even in the smallest of roles. A marvellous debut for a series that has plenty of life left for future instalments. Who the hell are you? I'm Shayla Moss and this is my moon base. Who the hell are you? I hate Starcops! This is my colleague, Inspector Colin Davis. Evening. Blogter Who says Starcops Mother Earth Part 1 is bound to exceed the expectations of anyone who takes a chance on it. Grounded in reality, there's not an extravagant performance to be found. It's all genuine. Every character is believable, even the despicable. The writing is sharp, balanced throughout, and escalates appropriately. I'm going to wring your scrawny neck! Inspector Pal Kenzie. G'day. Oh, I could kiss you, Kenzie. No change there, then. Chief Superintendent Priya Basu. Pleased to meet you. Get the gun! Get the gun! 
We are cults, say. There is a huge scope in this series. Oh, welcome back, Nathan. Please don't leave it so long next time. It won't be easy. Waiting for the second set. Mother Earth have never gone this far before. It's a 9 out of 10 for Star Cops from Starburst. The whole set captures the atmosphere of the original. And there's new title music. No singing this time. This is a well-conceived world with great storytelling and strong characters. We've reached losing air. We need to get out of this corridor now. This is only the and Cultbox say, this new version of Star Cops offers a fresh lease of life to a great series and the production is tonally spot on, with smart scripts and strong characters. The stories are well directed by Helen Goldwyn and backed by excellent era-appropriate sound design from Martin Montague. Always good. Is good. It may have taken over 30 years, but we're thrilled to have the Star Cops back. Open the door then! We're sealed in. Star Cops, Series 1. We do this in the name of Mother Earth. We've stepped it up a gear now. Big finish. We love stories. And don't you forget the Fourth Doctor Adventures Series 7 Volume 2 out there and receiving a lot of love. There's also Fifth Doctor companion Turlo, Mark Strickson in Trap for Fools, our Big Finish original drama Cicero, and Unit Cyber Reality out there. Don't miss them! Marcus Tullius Cicero. <laughs> and there are our latest releases. More next week! Now time for the ruddy news. Flipping heck. The headlines. The quantum possibility engine. The Dalek invasion of winter. A big finish day 2018 update. Iron Bright. Bernice Summerfield. The story so far. Goodness me. I just, I remember, I've got that wrong. It's the Dalek occupation of winter. But ah, don't worry. you fool. You old <laughs> fool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first up then, the latest trailer for Sylvester McCoy's Seventh Doctor Adventures in the main monthly Doctor Who Adventures. Adventures, adventures. I've written the word adventures a lot. Uh, it's all a big adventure, isn't it? A big finish adventure. October 2018's four-part adventure features the return of two special adventures, no, characters, adjoining <laughs> Sylvester McCoy's Doctor Sophie Aldred's Ace and Bonnie Adventure Langford. As Mel will be that Gallifreyan favourite, Narvin, or Mr. Adventure as we like to call him, <laughs> played by none other than Big Finish favourite, Sean Carson. Yeah, he's cool, he's sexy, really, really sexy. <laughs> Adventurously sexy. Oh, Sean. And if that wasn't enough to thrill you beyond belief... We are also bringing you Dog Bolter himself. You may remember him from the pages of Doctor Who magazine, but he also featured in the Big Finish release The Maltese Penguin by the lovely Rob Sherman. Dog Bolter, yes, played by um, um, Toby Longworth. Brilliant job. Anyway, here's what they'll all be getting up to in October in the form of a trailery tease. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. There. I've done my job. The TARDIS is yours. Claimed in the name of the President of the Solar System. To the glory of President John Doctor Who. Doctor Who. The Quantum Possibility Engine. What's that when it's at home? Oh no. Not you. Hello, Doctor. 
A pleasure to see you too. Narvin. Indeed. Uh, tell me, Doctor, might you know anything about a stolen TARDIS? Oh. An entirely programmable system? Entirely. And you can control everything within it? Within reason. You're interfering with the laws of nature. There will always be limits. It's a subtle machine, not a hammer with which to pound your populace to dust. Here she is. I thought you got lost. Ah, Miss Bush. You had such an opportunity handed to you earlier. How foolish to throw it all away. What are you doing? No, don't do that. Do that. They've gone! All of them! What have you done to them? Your friends have ceased to exist, Miss Bush. It seemed the simplest way. You psychotic little machine! There was no need to... Oh, Doctor. Big Finish. We love stories. Yummy stuff there. Now, September sees the release of the Dalek Occupation of Winter, not to occupation. be confused with the Dalek Invasion of Winter. Which doesn't exist. Which the Dal- It's just the Daleks sort of trudging along in the snow it's, going, it's bloody it's, cold. This lot, they, they've they've invaded. They're already there. They've, they've yeah. done this. We've, we've yeah, they've... They've they've gone through the the process of having to fit snow plows and and irritating <laughs> sort of caterpillar wheels and and de-icing their their irises and they've now gone full pelt to occupy winter in the Dalek in occupation of winter. Now it's a first Doctor story featuring Peter Purvis and Maureen O'Brien. It's by David K. Barnes and it's going to be rather excited. Here I'm pleased to say is the trailer. It's going to be excited, is it? Not exciting. Oh, is it going to? It could be either. Quite frankly, it yeah, could be it excited. Could. It, could. it could be exciting. If if it was if it was a creature, if it had sentience, it would be excited. <laughs> oh, you were right, Doctor. It's cold. Yes, well, of course it's cold. It's snowing. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who: The Early Adventures, The Dalek Occupation of Winter. are we, Doctor? The ship doesn't appear to know, my dear. Whatever this planet is, it's on the edge of the galaxy, and its icy temperatures make it inimical to civilized life. Once again, we gather on this day in our calendar to not only celebrate the achievements of our finest academy of young people, but also to recognize the hopes and dreams that shall be carried forward within them. Doctor, he's talking as if the graduates will never be seen again. Why does the graduate not step forward? Out of my way! That's my brother! Identify yourselves! Then... The Dalek must have personal access to the leading figure of the city. And therefore, this planet, it doesn't bode well, does it? Dalek forces must be replenished. City productivity must increase by 5%. These Daleks, where are the insides? Stephen! Magnificent! 
even greater than I'd imagined. Big Finish. We love stories. Majorian! Ah, oh, hello again, Mr. Ambassador. Nuts. <laughs> so, yes, of course, the interesting challenge for me in this one is that uh, I wanted to get um, a Dalek effect, voice effect, that sounded more era appropriate. And in some of those stories, especially like the, the Daleks master plan, is it the Dalek master plan or the Daleks master plan? Can't remember whether there's an S or not. I'm going to find out. I always get this wrong. There's so many Doctor Who fans now screaming at their podcast, going, "You idiot!" Brings us before you were supposed to be. It's the Daleks Daleks master plan. Daleks. I thought it might be. Yeah, with an apostrophe. With an apostrophe. Yeah. Daleks plural apostrophe. Um. Um, possessive. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going on about this. Uh, yes, so uh, they had, uh, especially in that story, in many of the episodes, although the modulation varied wildly between episode, um, they uh, they had a higher rate on the Dalek voice effect, which you might have heard in that trailer. It sort of sounds more raspy, and it inspires you to be even nastier and um, <laughs> it, even more uh, Peter Hawkins-like. Great fun to do, that one. It's funny in a way as well, and you've got like, uh, you know, Dalek invasion of Earth, uh, or the Daleks uh, invasion of Earth, or the Dalek of it, whatever you want to call it. Um, it is the Dalek invasion of Earth. It um, is, yes. the, the effect on that one is the opposite, isn't it? Obviously, yes. I think because they lost the, the mod, they, well, they didn't write it down, but that's, it's like barely mod, it's like in the background, but it feels like yeah. the mix it, is There's hardly low. any modulation at all. So it is mostly people speaking like that. Yes, Stop. and I bet it's like that. <laughs> Oh, that's a lovely one. That's David Graham, isn't it? Yes, yes. I am in the machine. Take off his coat and effetize him. Plungers towards the buttocks. Um, <laughs> God, no, no, stop. Stop, you fools. Yes, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, yes, no, 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 no. That's just why you don't want to be robotized, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's a painful process. <laughs> anyway, enough tomfoolery. Stop. I can hear you. I have heard many similar words from podcasts. <laughs> no, it's our fault for saying... Yes, I think we should stop them right now. Yes. up it's against them. I'm not deaf, you idiot. Don't <laughs> profess rebellion against the Daleks within earshot of me. You, you are literally have... standing next to me. You should what? have whispered, you fools. <laughs> Shush. I never liked the Daleks. I heard that. <laughs> I went round for dinner once and it was appalling. <laughs> that is fair. This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> I could actually do that all day. That's the irony. Could you just do the David Graham one once more? Yes, I most <laughs> certainly can. It will be done. That's brilliant. I can't do that one. Really? No. That's uh, well, been my ambition for... It can't. It's not. <laughs> that is it. It's the key Pretty is to put your much. Mouth. Pretty much, does. <laughs> well, you, you mastered, better, you mastered the Baildon incredibly quickly, so I have no doubt. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. 
Anyway, so um, we're now talking uh, Big Finish Day 2018. A lot of people are excited about that one. Ooh. Now it's happening on November the 3rd this year at the Quad in Derby. Uh, that's the UK, of course. Um, not at the Derby, but in Derby. Uh, tickets are selling <laughs> and here fast. They come, they're coming out of the first fence now. <laughs> and there's Sylvester McCoy, Louis Jameson, and that one. Oh, dear. Jake Tudman's down, but Nick Briggs is coming up. Oh, he's crashed into the side, into the ice cream stall. It's mayhem here at the Derby. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was very, very quick-witted, Should we do that? And it's over the first fence. And down the other side. Oh, not the microphone over. <laughs> oh, I could do that all day as well. Um, <sighs> Please yeah, so- don't say the <laughs> listeners of the Big Finish podcast. <laughs> 42 hours worth of tapping. Uh, so tickets for that one are selling out really fast, so please get in there and order them before they all go. And if you want to order them, you can go to yes. www.darbyquad.co.uk forward slash events forward slash bish... Big bish bash bosh bish bash bosh is done. Big dash finish dash day dash 2018. So book now. Yes. Benji and I will be there along with headline guests Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester McCoy coming out of the first fence now. And Louise Jameson, <laughs> Jake Dudman, and a whole host of other brilliant guests, including Jason Hay Gallery, uh, David Richardson, Paul Morris, uh, Elliot Chapman, Jamie Anderson, Alfie Shaw, the new producer of Short Trips, in case you didn't know who he was. Uh, hello, Alfie, and many others to be confirmed. And you can listen out for updates soon on the Big Finish podcast. I'm sure there must be better ways for you to resolve your differences than by rolling around in the muck. <laughs> what was that? Yes, it's our latest main monthly Doctor Who adventure, 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 Iron Bright. An historical adventure, adventure, adventure for the sixth Doctor, Colin Baker, out this month. Very, very soon. What the heck are you supposed to be? Well, think of me as the teacher come to break up the schoolyard scrap. Here. Take my hand. Don't look like any teacher I know. Uh, Now you, sir. Yes, that was a nice suit. Thank you. Now look here, sir. This is a private venture. How in the king's name did you get down here? Oh, you were all so busy raising your voices and looking grand. I just strolled in, really. Trespassing is an offence. What's he wearing? Looks like something out of the circus. One day I may audition. A life on the road with the acrobats and fire breathers does appeal. But first things first, what was that about a blue lady? An apparition? Pay no heed. The boy's delirious. I'm often rather delirious myself. It doesn't mean I'm mistaken. Sir, I would... Oh, there's no need for sir. I am the doctor. And looking ahead to August and September, there's a return of a character that was here before Big Finish did Doctor Who. Yes, yes. Yes, it's beneath When dinosaurs ruled the earth. When dinosaurs ruled the earth and man was a mere twinkle in the eye of a Tyrannosaurus. Yes, it's Bernice Summerfield, created by Paul Cornell and played by the wonderful Lisa Bowerman. It's the 20th anniversary of Bernice Summerfield at Big Finish this year and we celebrate in style with Bernice Summerfield Treasury and Beneath Beneath Summerfield (laughs) The Story So Far. Treasury is a collection of classic Benny short stories by esteemed authors. The Evacuation of Bernice Summerfield, considered as a short film by Terry Gilliam, 
uh, by uh, Ben Aronovich. That's a great title, isn't it? It's such a good title. Uh, and then again by Rob Shearman. Uh, Misplaced Spring by Paul boing, Cornell. Boing, boing. Solar Max and the Seven-Headed Snake Mother by Kate Orman. (laughs) Uh, Walking Backwards for Christmas by Ben Aronovich. Who's having a laugh. Who's having a laugh. Uh, The Least Important Man by Stephen Moffat. Um, Beneath Summerfield and the Library of Books by Andrew Cartmel. And uh, A Mutual Friend by Terence Dix. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Bernice Summerfield. Treasury. Welcome to the Braxiatel Collection. Located on the planetoid KS-159, our collection of everything is no longer the austere, scary, by invitation only sort of place. Now we've opened our doors to students and academics from all across the cosmos. Irving Braxiatel is our founder, suave and mysterious and something of a sneaky devil, You're more likely to bump into Bernie Summerfield, our professor of archaeology, and unofficially of weird adventures. She says she's working on her latest book, and we believe her. Benny's half-Caloran son Peter is almost five. Doesn't time fly. His all-Caloran dad Adrian Wall is construction manager at the collection. He and Bernie's aren't an item or anything, though. Uh, They never were. Uh, Look, it's complicated. Uh, Well-meaning rascal Jason Kane is Benny's current beau. They even used to be married. Bev Tarrant is P.A. to Mr. Braxiatel. Some people say she used to be an art thief, but we pay no heed to such gossip. (laughs) Benny also has a personal assistant, Joseph, who is one of our senior AIs and linked to the collection's main systems. We hope you survive your stay. What a great collection! And that's followed in September by The Story So Far. Two great releases in one month. Here's the trailer for the first one, which in which you'll hear me saying The Story So Far very soon. Dear Diary, there is something buried in the Academy grounds. It shouldn't be here. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Bernice Summerfield, the Story So Far, Volume 1. Sorry, you didn't tell me your name. Bernice. Everyone calls me Benny. Benny? Yeah, of course they do. What's going on? It's an enemy scout! It's found us! Oh, dare you, Jason Kane! How dare you! Could you postpone being mad at me for two seconds? I think I've broken my ankle. <sighs> Earth. England. Late 22nd century. Could be worse. A grill? You're back. I am a grill. Great and glorious act. The grill have conquered the earth. At my age, I'd given up ever meeting the right person. Then into my life walked the brightest jewel in the Braxia Tell Collection. Veronica, meet one of my oldest friends. Oh, I'm so pleased to make your acquaintance, Miss. <laughs> I've not been Miss for a long time. Professor, I hope it's not too much to ask that you're polite to my fiance. You what? It's big finish. We love stories. Damn, 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 damn. Oh, I hate myself sometimes. 
And here's the trailer for the second Beneath Summerfield, the story so far release, where you won't hear me saying, the story so far. But you will hear me saying, the story so far. <laughs> ah, Bernice. Doctor, how are the repairs going? Oh, I'll be travelling through time and space soon enough. Thanks to you. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Bernice Summerfield, The Story So Far, Volume 2. Dear Diary, the Doctor turned up again. I haven't met this one before. There's a different slant to him. <laughs> Doctor! Bernice? What's happening? Our system's failing. Engine one down, engine two, press reverses, everything. But the rental company guy said this ship was in tip-top condition. Yeah, well, he lied. We have the prisoners, your beneficence. Our holiest text prophesied your return. Ruth, Empress of Drava. Remember your real life, Summerfield. Don't lose yourself. Remember... What do you mean when you say, I have another life? There's a woman. We travel together. We came to this world and we thought, there is a secret here. This is your last warning! <laughs> when you need me, Summerfield, I'll be there. Big Finish. We love stories. Awesome times for Big Finish. Bernice Summerfield. We love her. We do indeed. And that, ladies, gentlemen, people of the earth, is the end of the news. That's right. And what can I say? It's been a pleasure, news. So without further ado, I'm just going to point to the Thames and watch as the news uh, reverses back into that watery underworld in which it came before the news invaded the earth. Well, it was it was a riff on on invading the, the mm. yeah the the earth mm. yes yes yes, yes, yes yeah. you understand okay. yes yeah quite yes quite <laughs> remember coming up very soon Georgia Tennant and I chatting about Jenny the doctor's daughter it's just it's going down a storm the doctor's daughter if you haven't heard it yet rectify that immediately rectify. Rectify. How'd you do it again? <laughs> Rectify. <laughs> no complications. <laughs> no complications. Uh, but now, contain yourselves. It's only the blooming listeners' email bit. That's right. Love an email. Love, love, love an email. Scrub a dub dub. That's right. And if you want to email in, you can. That's right. You just need to send your lovely emails uh, to the email address as follows podcast at bigfinish.com. Please note that we do not accept scrolls, pieces of papyrus, uh, physical letters, mental letters uh, transmitted from the mind, uh, or other forms of ancient. antiquated messenger formats so no messenger pigeons now then this is an email from darren harris hi nick and benji i hope it's all going well Uh, i feel most strongly about sharing this email with you guys and for a very good reason okay i was hoping to never have to write a message such as this but i do feel very strongly about the subject today i was at a lunch with a group of people I was talking to one of them about the Big Finish website and some of the things it did. So I told them to have a look. 
which in itself is fine because I like to spread uh, I like to spread the word about Big Finish and the types of audio drama it produces. I do bang on and on about Big Finish to a lot of people. Well done. So I told this particular person about Big Finish, and he decides to take a look. He then asked me uh, what I now consider a strange question. He asked me if you had to pay for the books and the dramas that you sell, and of course I said yes. I was about to explain that you guys offer various subscription offers, depending on which ranges they may be interested in. He then came back with, ah, but you can probably get their stuff on the uh, Pirate Bay. Um, I was thinking to myself, you little... I told you about Big Finish in good faith, and now you freeload off it. Ugh. I must admit, uh, I thought that the Pirate Bay had been taken down again, but obviously not, uh, or it's back up or something. Uh, I must confess to feeling somewhat annoyed and a little bit guilty, because I did what comes naturally in trying to spread the word about Big Finish, only to hand you guys another pirate. Uh, so I apologise for that. Although, having said this, I hope someone could check out the Pirate Bay and force any Big Finish material that is on there off that site. Anyway, guys, I will wind this depressing email up now and say take care and keep up the good work thank you darren i I would say it's not a depressing email it's just reporting something that happened uh it's an interesting issue to bring up um you know uh we are of course aware of people who pirate stuff and i know there's an issue where people say well i can't afford it but i don't it's just weird to me that people think well i can't afford something so i'll just steal it and they said, well, it's not stealing. It is stealing because these things are made in good faith by people who have to earn a living from doing it. Well, they don't have to. They've chosen to. But I think it's all right for people to choose to make a living out of these things if they've got the ability to do it and people want it. And, you know, and then you just think, well, I'll have it for nothing because because I, it's not convenient to me. And I just... I just don't think that's an honest way of proceeding. And I think any way of uh, morally justifying it, which people do, uh, is is morally bankrupt. I think that some people, when they try stuff out, um, <clears throat> eventually think, oh, no, I like this. I'll support these guys. And we, we're really pleased when people decide not to steal things and decide to support us. But uh, I, I know it's a contentious thing to say. Some people say you can't say they're stealing it, but but they are stealing it because these... You know, it's, you're not providing a public service if you take something that belongs to someone else and that is available. You know, it's a transaction in this world. We live. If you want to change all the rules of the world, then please, you know, fight a big yeah. revolution and change the world so that it's not about people making things and selling them and other people entering into a contract by buying them. That That is the way the world works. Or, you know, uh, if you don't want to participate in that, well, then you're outside the law. Um, that's your choice, I guess. You know, uh, I tell you, I sound horribly passive aggressive here, don't I? But no, I, the thing is also that the we do keep an eye on all these pirate sites and we do make strenuous efforts to reduce the illegal content. But um, it is a many headed hydra. And, and I know and, you know, and we know all about the coded way that everyone speaks about us on these sites and everything. And it's hilarious sometimes reading it where they think it's all terribly secret and we don't know about <laughs> it. You know, we know every single thing about it. And, you know, it's it's a difficult issue to deal with. I would just say that, you know, we're just people like you who are doing what we love and we hope you love it as well. And if you do love it. You know, maybe and we don't set prices to horribly profiteer. We just set prices 
that will bring in the right amount of money to pay for the things to be made. And, you know, if you speak to anyone privately who works for Big Finish, they are going to say to you that, that, you know, nobody is making a fortune. We're doing it mostly because we love it. I think as well, you know, you hit the nail on the head there about that, that um, by supporting, by purchasing uh, Big Finish through the Big Finish website and things like that, it goes directly back to Big Finish and it means that we can continue to make stuff. So whilst you may say, oh, but, you know, I'm listening to it, I'm supporting what they do, I'm telling people about it, um, but downloading it illegally, for example, that doesn't really help at all because all that does is, A, encourage more people to to illegally download and, and ultimately... Um, you know, it it creates a problem in in funding towards m- continuing to make stuff. And actually, but I think some. Sorry, well, I was going to say, uh, and actually, um, you know, as well, um, with the Big Finish website, there's a huge, there's a vast um, supply of uh, free things to download on there, which mm. we we give out for free. So if 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 you feel that you you don't want to dip into your pocket in case you don't like what Big Finish does, then have a look on there because there's plenty of stuff. And also the podcast, we do, are, you know, we do previews and short extracts of things. And, and so there is a, a way of, yeah. of supporting us. And, and I'm not talking about people sort of lending stuff to people or saying, oh, well, have a listen to my CD or this is one of my downloads. Have a listen to that. I'm talking about this kind of wholesale sticking it on uh, pirate sites where thousands of people can download stuff for free. And they they do i mean if everyone who pirated big finish actually came and bought it legitimately we'd be able to put the price right down so it'd be much more affordable but it's because you know i would estimate and from the evidence we've seen that there are as many people listening to it illegally as there are people listening to it legally and just imagine if they all came on board um then you know it would we'd be able to really cut the price down and you know and it would it would be a fantastic thing for everyone but you know if you make a decision to do this and and to do something that's not within the rules that most people are supposed to adhere to then of course you make that decision and and luckily for you we're not in a situation where you're going to hear a knock at the door and the police are going to get you i mean sometimes service providers will take down your internet because of it in extreme cases but um you make that decision that's up to you don't don't bore me by trying to morally justify it yeah well quite you know just forget that don't try and make yourself feel like you're in the right about it because you're so blatantly not but you know uh, i'm also aware though conversely that people finding stuff illegally does sometimes turn them into people who who love big finish so it's a complex argument and you know and i've contradicted myself several times in this you know what i've just said so i do understand it's difficult and i do understand that when people love something but can't afford it that's difficult too but as benji says we do you know one of the reasons we offer that the free stuff is because of that you know come to our site and there's a there's a range called big finish for free and there is loads of stuff there to whet your appetite and i know cynics will say oh well that's because you're trying to get uh me to buy something well who knew it's a commercial operation that's how it works you sell stuff you know i've just been into a fruit shop and do you know what they charged me for this fruit and they put something on offer to make me like something so i'll buy more of it yeah that is how the world works if you don't like it really have a revolution change it so we all just barter or whatever but you know it's that is not how the world works so we can't do anything about that you know we can't effect a huge 
social change in that way. In, in many ways, I'd like to, but, you know, can't do it. I live in the real world. I've got a wife know. and child. You I've, know. Been to, I've been to Morocco and the bartering takes a long time. That's, that's a... <laughs> well, the reason um, money evolved is because, you know, um, you'd have to, in effect, have loads of different exchange rates for each different kind of product <laughs> you sold it would just it would be Chaos. madness and that's why money evolved because people found bartering just too blooming difficult anyway um more uh, socio-economic discussion in next week's <laughs> podcast next up this from ian stapleton dear nick and benji i was just wondering when you plan to announce your audio series based on long-running bbc medical drama holby city <laughs> i said never uh, i say this because half of the cast is a who's who of big finnish stars past and present this week we had olivia poulet emma peel jeffrey beavers the decayed master Gemma redgrave kate stewart guy henry ikron in infamy of the zaros uh david ames uh, who was jack in bernice summerfield i remember that yeah and of course paul mcgann himself have i missed anyone i bet you have there's been loads of people in holby city and casualty it's and cas- show, yeah i was gonna say casualty you know. It's, you're, I think you're only a proper actor if you've been in those two series. Oops, I haven't. Uh, on a more serious note, I'd like to congratulate everyone involved in Cicero. Marcus Tullius Cicero. Could you do it in the David Graham voice? Marcus Tullius Cicero. <laughs> That's superb. Uh, I've just finished listening to the full season and it was an excellent drama with a fantastic cast. I've been with you since the sirens of time. Ian, we love you. And would definitely say this is one of your finest releases ever and would strongly recommend it to anyone who has yet to try the original's range. Very much hoping for a season two. Or should I say season... Oh, and he's done it in Roman news. Hey, <laughs> uh, best wishes, Ian Stapleton uh, from Ben Fleet in Essex. I just thought I'd throw that in. Nice bloke. In case you want to ben locate Fleet. him on Google Maps. <laughs> and finally, this one here from Adam Graham. Dear Nick and Benji, first of all, Jenny's theme is marvellous. 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 And I enjoyed the first episode. I hope the rest of this set is just as good. Well, hopefully I, he's heard it all by now. Uh, one would hope. One would hope. I don't know if I'm the only one who does this, but, uh, but this, along with River Song, are series that I do not binge but listen to once uh one episode per week with my wife um well i don't, I don't do think everyone I don't, listens I don't have, with your wife i don't have a wife and, and i've not listened with your wife I, yeah but, um, i mean i you know i can't think of anyone else adam who'd listen with your wife you know i think you're too busy listening with your wife <laughs> yeah and she wouldn't want to hear the same she wouldn't want to listen with somebody else in case they played the next episode and then she had exactly. to watch it twice with you just or imagine, vice versa you've just finished listening together you know in married bliss and there's a knock at the door and someone says um i heard on the podcast that uh, you wonder whether other people listen with your wife as well and i thought i'd just come in and listen with your wife well i don't even know who you are you can't come in here and listen <laughs> to things with my i think i'll leave this alone carry on uh, you asked about the latest releases portion of the podcast, my honest opinion. Uh, when I heard it, I felt like saying you redecorated the podcast. I don't like it. Um, I skip uh, this portion. Uh, for me, the challenge, it seems, is the same. Several sites are quoted over and over and over again. And some of these seem to think that every release is a nine or a ten. And there are very few things in life that are nines or tens. Oh, that's a pessimistic view. Disagree um, completely, yeah. Uh, uh, it'd be more interesting to hear from a variety of critics, including those who'd uh, panned some releases. <laughs> 
Um, n- now, obviously, I wouldn't... Star ex- Cops out. Uh, dreadful, says Pizone.com. <laughs> yes. Also from uh, WeHateEverything.com. Star Cops is the worst thing I've heard in my life. Please put it in the bin immediately. Ob- obviously, we'll quote that, won't we? I, I, set fire to my, I, set, I set fire to the CD as soon as I heard it. Um, <laughs> Jenny, the doctor's daughter. Drivel, say. <laughs> Say burststar.com. I will let my dog listen to it. <laughs> uh, now, obviously, I wouldn't expect you to quote a review that slammed your latest release oh, on the podcast uh, you're, you're paying to produce. But if a writer has panned uh, past releases and is absolutely over the moon about a new release, uh, that would be impressive. It's like in America. We had a commercial for Life cereal where a kid named uh, Mickey is fed... Mikey, I'm saying. Mikey. Okay. Mikey. Yeah, no CK, is it? It's just a K. Um, yeah. Uh, where a kid named Mikey is fed life. And people thought he wouldn't like life because he didn't like anything. What was impressive about the end of the ad is that Mikey liked life. Uh, if Mikey liked every box cereal out there, um, it wouldn't be as compelling a recommendation. Um, I Can I say, I mean, that's a really interesting argument, Adam. I don't agree with you at all um, because, I mean, look, here's the truth. I mean, don't tell anyone. We'd love to have fun with this podcast, and it is one of my favourite things to do, and Benji and I have a laugh. But, uh, well, just between you and I, it's it's what's known as a promotional tool, you see. <laughs> and what we're doing is promoting what we do. And um, I don't know about you, it's a kind of, it's an annoying truth that even though we all say we don't take any notice of critics, oh, I never, they're all idiots, I never listen to them, you, what you say in the pub in the cafe, in the bar, or while you're listening to Big Finish with your wife. Uh, but when I see a film poster or when someone tells me about something, I immediately look up to see what the reviews are. Yeah, and when I see too, review yeah. quotes on a poster, I don't even read where the reviews are from. It's just, if it says, excellent, a deeply moving film that made me love everything you know i I, ju- I just take that and it you know it's the pack mentality of human beings no matter how individual we are we we're all affected by what other people say it happens in elections people eventually all end up voting for a particular party because they sense that that's what everyone else is doing and a lot of people just go with the flow um uh, they want to be on the winning side and so uh that's there are two reasons why we're quoting the good reviews. A, we want you to hear good things about it. And B, um, some of these reviews sort of explain what the production is as well. So it's a handy way of, of explaining it. Uh, and, and actually, I said there are two reasons. I think there's there's a third one. It's because if if people hear that other people liked it, it makes them feel they're more likely to like it. So I absolutely... in in the spirit of being honest and open if this weren't a promotional podcast it would be really interesting to have people say you know it didn't quite do it for me uh i don't like this or this is terrible big finish have really jumped the shark here or something like that i'm aware that all these things could be snipped out and used out of context (laughs) (laughs) um but uh what would be the use of that for us? You know, the moment a negative thought is uttered, it gives people negative feelings. So we are, you know, our job here is to be relentlessly um, positive. And I think uh, it is the job of other podcasts reviewing Big Finish 
and um, forums to, as well to, and yeah, social media to, to say all these things that's where these discussions should, should take place and where people can openly say they don't like things that that's not for us we're here to be excited about it and promote it and i hope that doesn't sound cynical it's just it's just the function of of the big finish podcast really i hope that's okay um but i do appreciate you bringing that up because I, I did want an opportunity to talk about it uh, we've actually got more of that email as well. Um, mm, I know. So carrying on now, it says, um, I'd also like to say that it might be worth tracking down new reviews of old releases. Thanks to your 99p sale, many have discovered some big finish releases that may be nearly 20 years old, but are new to them, uh, among them bloggers and vloggers. Um, videos have gotten tens of thousands of views of people just talking about a big finish release. It may be a time challenge to track down some of these. Um, um, but these sort of article and vlogs help people sift through the massive Big Finish back catalogue to find releases they love. On a related point, to close on a positive note, um, I'll say that I do love hearing from Big Finish staff about their favourite recommendations. Um, it's a really, it's really nice to hear what Big Finish employees who we don't really hear from love to listen to. Warmest regards, Adam Graham from Boise, Idaho. Um, Thank you, Adam. Uh, yeah, I thought I've really wanted to, you know, when we got the warehouse folks and the production office folks to um, tell us what they thought, I thought, you know, it'd be really interesting to hear. But likewise, you see, none of them said, this is a terrible release. I'm never going, you know, it's it's promotional and positive. That's that's what you'll find here on the Big Finish podcast. There, as you say, there are loads of other uh, podcasts, uh, bloggers, vloggers, where people have, you know, a proper discussion where they'd say what they do and don't like. That's a different thing. I mean, we love our work. You know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't like what I do. Um, also, it's a very good point. Yeah, a time challenge to find all those things. It is really a time challenge. I have a day to do this podcast. That's all I have in my schedule. You know, and I have to record it. I have to write the script and I have to record it. Yeah, there is writing. <laughs> <laughs> some of it's terrible and overuses the word adventure adventure um, adventure, adventure. Uh, but yes I have to write it and then Benji and I connect up on FaceTime and I record it and then I have to edit it edit in all the clips and the music and that, that takes me a day that's a day of my life every week I can just about afford that but uh, with all the other stuff I'm doing boohoo I'm so busy doing lovely things I know I'm not complaining Anyway, oh, by the way, uh, Adam says that that uh, email was sent from behind a pile of out-of-print Big Finish <laughs> CDs in an undisclosed location. <laughs> I will just say as well to Adam, um, it sounds like what he's looking for, there's a website called The Timescales, which is pretty much exactly what you like. It's people go on there, they review Big Finish, uh, at, you know, out of 10, uh, all sorts of stories that you know from the 20 years of big finish and there you can you know you'll be able to, to see what people think of older stories yeah i mean it's you know it's all to, opinions vary and i tell you what i tell you what also varies it depends what mood you're in when you watch or listen to something it really does the number Definitely. of times i've watched something that's been recommended to me and i've said well it's rubbish and people say to me no try it again and you try it again and you're just in a different frame of mind that's a lot that's what i think so funny about reviews generally is really reviewers don't realize it and i was a reviewer for many many years really what they're doing is revealing to the world uh that the, the the frame of mind or how much depression they were suffering when they watched something 
And it's the bizarre thing about reviewers is, of course, and I say this again as someone who did it a lot, and I edited a film magazine as well, um, that because you're bombarded by this stuff all the time, more than the average listener or viewer uh, or cinema goer would be, you've seen it all and heard it all, and you're looking for something that is really going to surprise you. And that is not the position that most people are in. So you're looking at it from, dare I say it, quite a cynical point of view, like, come on, impress me. You go, oh, dear, it's another big blockbuster with lots of special effects. Well, you know, people love that stuff. And just because you've seen every one of those films in the last three years doesn't mean that it's dull and boring for it to happen again. You know, for example... Right. By the way, here's an extra bit that came in that Benji doesn't know about. Uh, Elliot Wood, aged 18 and three quarters, says, <laughs> does Mr. Nicholas Briggs say coming soon from Big Finish Productions at the beginning of every trailer? Or is it the same clip used again and again and again and only the title of the production soon to be released, newly recorded? Well, I may be wrong. But I actually think that's a fascinating question <laughs> because there is an answer. Um, and the answer is sometimes and sometimes yeah, not. Yeah, I was going to say that's it, isn't it? <laughs> what I will sometimes do, because I get these things put in front of me when I'm just at the end of a day directing or acting at the studio. They say, oh, Nick, can you do these? Yeah, yeah, fine. So I look at it and, you know, I maybe have a list of uh, three uh, big finished productions to read out in a row and it will be something from the main range. So I'll go, coming soon from big finished productions. Or what could I say? Coming soon from big finished productions. <laughs> Doctor Who, The Dispossessed. Doctor Who, the quantum possibility engine. And so I will probably do that because what I want is consistent of tone in my voice. Because you may sometimes, those of you who are real audio pedants, will hear sort of like, coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who. And, it's <laughs> yeah. and my, my voice is different on a different day, or I've decided to do it slightly differently. So I mostly put in the coming soon thing before every title. It also makes it easier for the editors so they don't have to troll through and find the coming soon bit and then find the title. More and more now, I do the full announcement and quite often put in a big finish. We love stories at the end of it. So again, it's in the same tone of voice, although that's usually at the end of the trailer, so it doesn't matter so much. Well, I think me and the the, the other sound designers, we've, we've got the, the we love stories. It's, it's like this legendary old audio file that's been knocking around for years. It's just the same one. It's just uh, every, you know, when somebody new comes on board, they say, have you got the we love stories? And they send over this sort of file that looks like it's sort of been recycled nine times. Well, I have to say, I have done it several times. And I do redo it now and again. Um, and it's really interesting which sound designers choose which one. Some of them like a, <laughs> we love stories. Whereas I, I prefer the, we love stories. Yeah, but there's the always a danger one. that that one can sound a little bit, dare I say it, pervy, a bit, we love stories. <laughs> you know, a bit. and sometimes I do it like oh, that and they no. go, no, 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 that's terrible, you know. <laughs> oh, God, no, no. <laughs> a bit trouser rubby, you know. <laughs> We finish. We love stories. <laughs> oh, no. No. I'm, that's ruined it for me now, forever. <laughs> it's probably ruined it for everyone. Oh. Maybe I should cut this bit out. No, what the heck? 
Anyway, uh, remember, our Star Cops Mother Earth Part 1 competition is still running. The question, Trevor Cooper stars in both the original TV series and our audio drama Revisitation of Star Cops. But name the 1980s Doctor Who story he appeared in. The subject line is, it won't be easy. And the closing date is Friday the 22nd of June 2018. And there we go. Enter that. It's well worth it. You know, you've got to be in it to win it, is the old catchphrase, as they always Shut say. Up. Very true, though. You have to. You don't enter, I hate you don't get. Catchphrase. I like it. I, I use it a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's a metaphor for a lot of things. For life. Um, for life itself. Could yes, you say but- it in the uh, David Graham voice? <laughs> Yo, have to be in it to win it. <laughs> to. To win it, that's it. Data, so stupid like that. Bit like Rodney, a bit like Rodney. Oh, Dale boy. Oh dear. But yeah, there we have it. That is the end of the uh, end of the emails. Fascinating this week, actually. A lot of controversial bits there. Give it an yeah. eight out of ten for me. No, I don't. I give it a three. Um, <laughs> could be improved upon. Um, but yeah. Jump the shark. Jump the shark. No, but uh, let's but, give it a really bad review and see how that goes down. But no, honestly, uh, don't you know, uh, Adam? With what we were saying there, you know, interesting debate, and I think it's important you raised it. So yeah, cheers for messaging in about it. Still to come in this podcast, the randomoid selector Tron, 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 is waiting to randomly select, select, select something for us to chinwag, whack, 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 about. And there is, of course, the 15-minute drama tease of Dumbwaiter. When Jamie and Leela meet in the second Doctor Companion Chronicles Volume 2, it was moider. Uh, coming soon from Big Finish Productions. In the meantime, here's what happened when Georgia Tennant, who plays Jenny, the Doctor's daughter, and I had a chat late last year. Uh, Georgia Tennant, that's the name you're going by, is it? It is my name, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's officially, like, legally my name. Right. Actually my name. And no one can take that away. No, I don't answer to that other name anymore. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, there are several set questions for the podcast, but okay. I'll just start off with uh, you're in here doing the Jenny I am, series. Yeah. That's going okay? Uh, it's tremendous fun. I'm loving it, um, even more so than I thought I would. Which oh. is, yeah, it's always really nice when that happens. That's good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You're not saying you had low expectations. No, no, not definitely not low. Just realistic expectations. <laughs> okay. You know, you know. Yeah. I don't want to. I, I always keep it that level because then you can never be um, disappointed. Mm. Yeah. And Barney's great, isn't mm. he? Directly. So lovely. Yeah. It's properly lovely. Mm. He was even doing my hair earlier. He <laughs> <laughs> never does mine. Director. Oh, hold on. Oh, awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Facial hair, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I'll ask him about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the first question is just to make it all about me. Yeah. Is when did you meet me? I don't remember exactly when. I wonder whether you do. No. no. I just feel like I've always known you. <laughs> You've just sort so of good. always been there, haven't you? Have I? Yeah, I think so. Is that a good thing? Or, I think uh, it's a good thing. It feels like a good thing. Like I get a sort of warm, fuzzy feeling when I see you. I don't go, oh God, there he is again. So I think that I think that constitutes as a good thing. Do you mean that, or are you just saying it? No, I genuinely mean that. Oh, yeah. I'm quite touched now. Okay, thank yeah, you. You're welcome. Thank you. I wonder when it was. I don't know. Years and years ago. Mm, no, sure. no, no. Um, uh, yeah, your dad didn't know no, when I'd met him no. either. Yeah, and no. I'm not sure. This I feels knew. like it could be like a Doctor Who story. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, when did it happen? No one, we'll no one knows when we met him. Where did he even come from? Maybe we've just been invented. Maybe, yeah. 
I like that. Uh, what's tingling your molecules about uh-huh. Big Finish at the moment? What's tingling my molecules? I'm not even sure I know what that means. <laughs> well, you mean like generally the the outpouring of brilliant work that you all do or like the people within it? All of it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, um, Big Finish is like a sort of, um, like a kind of jolly uncle that I see, I see like once a year and I'm always really pleased to see them. I'd like to see them a bit more, but okay. you know, this has been nice. This has been longer than usual. Normally, it's like a day. Yeah, it's been a whole week. I've I've been with you. It's been That's really true. nice. It's like a little holiday with the uncle. A Centre Park's holiday with the uncle. This has been like. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I'm always intrigued. I, I just let that question hang there because some people just immediately go, oh, well, uh, and they say something. But I would say it's like a 50-50 split. Listeners will judge because they'll remember more than me mm-hmm. uh, about, you know, some people do the like you did, the questioning of the question. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking tingling? about? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. it's interesting. So, how no, that is people, really interesting. Yeah. What uh, is tingling your molecules? about uh, entertainment in general that you're enjoying, like a snapshot of the things you're liking at the moment, either books, TV, cinema, any music, anything you like. Uh, okay, well, I've just been given a book by a really great mate of mine um, called Asia McKay, whose her debut book is coming out next June, I think it is. Right. So she's um, she's just sent me her book to read, and I've just started reading it, and it's really exciting. It's like it's like number one of the of you know of the of the um, the trial book she's sending out. So I feel quite um, wow, honoured, and also under quite a lot of pressure to read it quite quickly mm. and say something really nice about what it. If you don't like it. I don't know. It's going to be really awkward, but I'll still be nice about it. Yeah, yeah. I will like it though because like she was sending me little bits every now and again, and it was really good. So I don't worry about that. Uh, that's so that's what I'm reading. Right. It's called Killing It. Mm-hmm. Killing it. Um, and what am I watching? like to write a Doctor Who story, do you think? I think I'm going to ask her. Yeah, do. I think she'd be really good. Um, and what am I watching? I'm watching... Oh, man, what is it called? Um, Describe it. It's um, uh, Ted Danson. Oh, um, The Good Place? The, the Good Place. Yes. That's it. There we go. On Netflix. I'm watching The Good Place on Netflix. It's a great advert for it. What's it called? It's really good. Um <laughs> Which um, which I love. I love yeah. it. It's it's wonderful. I'm very much enjoying that. And I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale as well. Oh, right. But I'm I'm having to intersperse too. Handmaid's Tale with The Good Place just they're, because it, it gets good a bit antidotes. much. Yeah, they yeah. really are. It's one yeah. extreme to the other. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's worth trying, mm-hmm. isn't it? I think it works really well, actually. Yeah, because I watched three of The Good Place and I kind of thought, oh, this it's is... It's too much. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah. yeah. So it's you need to watch Too much something. candy. Get a bit of, yeah. No, I, it was onion. working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or choice. But yeah, I, I see what you're doing there. It is the opposite of a that sweet, is, isn't it? That's true. Yeah. I don't have them anymore, pickled onions. I love no, them, but I can't know. eat onions anymore. Oh, can't you? No. I did one of those food diaries to like eliminate stuff out of my diet because it kept running my stomach aches. Yeah. And it's onions, so I can't eat onions. Oh, wow. I know. Actually, become quite dull life now without an onion. Yeah. I was mad about pickled onions. I used to get up and eat them in the middle of the night when I was a student. Mm, that's I quite weird. Cra- it's pickled yeah. onions. Yeah, it's not like just like a big onion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like an apple weird. eating it yeah. like an apple. Yeah. Oh, then God, you're just like a crazy man. <laughs> How did you bear that? That was really stinky. Yeah, you generally smell quite oh. bad though. Yeah, I know. Is that why you stopped? Because people didn't want to be your friend anymore. Is that what it was? Well, come to think of it, this is actually a, a revelation you go, Hold on moment a for me. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> no one liked me. <laughs> um, I wonder what the excuse is now. Oh. Don't tell me. Okay. It'd be too 
it'd be an awful experience for people to listen to this. To yeah, I won't. I won't. I'm, just, I'm keeping stum. <laughs> um, and do, what, do you have a, a guilty entertainment secret? Oh, well, it's not a secret. Okay. Um, I have seen every episode of Location, Location, Location <laughs> at least five times. They do repeat it a lot. They do, yeah. M- more for um, me and me and more for almost every single night when I'm alone in the house. Yeah. Well, what about Grand Designs? That's one I can watch several I times. I do. No, I really do. I really do like Grand Designs, but I just, there's something about Kirsty and Phil. I recently met Kirsty. Oh, right. And um, I... I I played it so cool. I think maybe she thought I didn't like her at all, let alone was slightly <laughs> obsessed with her. Um, and Phil, I've yet I've yet to meet. Um, but the, there's something about that pairing and the sort of yeah. I love a sort of looking around someone's house thing. Yeah. But I don't feel bad about that. Like I, you know, okay. I quite openly talk about it. Is there anything that you really think you shouldn't <clears throat> like that you you'll find? No. Difficult? See, that's the thing. I'm quite. I'm quite. I'm, so I'm. I've got a sort of um, an infatuation with John Nettles. Oh, that's fair enough. Uh, which again, I think is fair enough. Um, I talk quite openly about it, so much so that for my thirtieth birthday, he actually did a little video for wow. me. Um, so I've got a little film of John Nettles wishing me a happy birthday, which is sort of like the wow. best moment of that entire year, actually. Well, I should explain for anyone listening who doesn't know who John. Well, you can explain who is John Nettles. Um, so John Nettles. Uh, well, I, I became obsessed with him from Midsummer Murders, but I believe he was in something called Bergerac. Bergerac. I've never seen Bergerac, that but is, that is a generational. People go from Bergerac, and I go no from Midsummer Murders. Yeah. And they go really, and I go yeah. So he's very good at playing detectives. <laughs> yes, he is. He is a little twinkle in his eye. Can't yeah. beat it. I'll tell you an interesting, slightly negative thing about him. Not about, oh, please don't do that. No, no, it's not about well, what it is. You know, Bergerac was set on the Channel Islands, mm-hmm. and he got to live there for a while. I think because it's very difficult to live there because you have to be insanely rich or something. Okay, right. Um, and uh, when I, I went on holiday there last year, mm-hmm. and I went to a museum and I bought uh, a DVD. Uh, about the because you know the Channel Islands were invaded by the Nazis. I do, yeah, yeah. And it was very, very traumatic, of course. And uh, there's a documentary about it on DVD available in one of the museums on the Channel Islands, narrated and presented by John Nettles. Oh. So I thought, oh, that'll be great. He's a great actor, and I'm interested in this. So I bought it, and the guy on the counter said, "Oh, thank you very much, very nice man." And he said, uh, "I said, have you heard? Have you have you listened, watched it? <laughs> I'm stuck in an audio world." <laughs> uh, uh, and and the guy said. Uh, I don't like John Nettles. And I thought, I've uh, never heard what? anyone say that. Oh, that's weird. And for someone on the Channel Islands to say it when he... Yeah, because he's like sort of one of them. Yeah. And, that, and made yeah. the Channel Islands really famous. What has he done to him? And that. he seemed such a nice man, this guy. Was you know, I was warming to the, you know, good service and everything. Uh, I don't like John Nettles. Maybe he lost out on the Bergerac gig to him. Maybe he was number two. <laughs> John hadn't been available. This bloke. He would have done it. He's been bitter ever since. Always a pleasure to chat with Georgia. Some of you may spot that we did put that interview out around about Christmas, so sorry if it's a bit of a repeat for you there, but I just thought it was so appropriate to, uh, for us to hear from Georgia around about this time. Isn't she blooming marvellous as Jenny? She really is. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's an awesome series. You know, it, some would say uh, inevitable that Big Finish uh, would tackle it at, at some point, and it's, it's brilliant uh, that it's just it works so well. Mm-hmm. There was a rumour that when Matt Smith took over, that she was going to be the Doctor's companion. There's always those rumours, though. There's so yeah. you know, there's always a rumour. I'd love to ask Stephen about it. I think there was a point where he was really considering it. I think you know, I'd love to see more of Jenny personally. I think it was it was, it was a a sort of 
left very open, which I was like, I always prefer things to be left open than really closed up. I totally agree. Means we can do a big finish series. <laughs> <laughs> that that man, he, he he just said he's popping out for the milk, and, and they never wrote him coming back. Got it, the milkman. Well, you know, as Stephen Moffat said to me once when we were on the set of Doctor Who, he said, and don't think I'm leaving all these gaps in the narrative, you know, by accident. It's so that you can get millions of big finish episodes in there, you know, especially in the Matt Smith era. He was sort of, he said he's deliberately doing things where we lose track of where the Doctor is and where he is with Amy or Rory and he goes off and he has a team and all that kind of stuff. You know, he said there's so much scope for him to be just doing millions of things that you can do dramas on. I thought that was rather generous of him. That's a fun thing as well to, to go back through it and work out where you could fit things in. So that's well, great. There's loads it? of stuff in the Matt Smith era. If only we could get Matt Smith to come and be the doctor yes. for us. <laughs> yes. If only, well, if you're quite. listening, Matt, because I know you're a regular listener of the Big Finish <laughs> podcast. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> uh, so now it's that time again. Once again, uh, our weekly instalment of the Randomoid mm-hmm. Selectatron. It's rather marvellous, isn't it? So yes. key. You, that epic music. Okay, what have we got? Okay, we've got an oldie this week, um, Ooh, going right back to March 2001. It is number 18, The Stones of Venice. The Stones of Venice. This is by Paul Mars, isn't it? It is indeed, yes. Directed yeah. by Gary Russell. It's a Eighth Doctor story. Uh, cracker was, as well. It was in our first series of Eighth Doctor stories in the main range. Some would say uh, quintessential Big Finish listening, that, that first yeah. uh, series of Eighth Doctor stuff. I have a funny feeling that it was the first one that was recorded. Really? Yes, really. On the 15th and 16th of May in the year 2000. Let's find out. So, Sword of Orion. Was, which one was first? Oh, it was Storm Warning, wasn't Storm it? Storm Warning, yeah. When was that recorded? Let's have a look. Yes, because Storm Warning was recorded on the 18th of May. Yeah. You can look these things up on the site if you just go to technical details, you see. Uh, yeah. So there you are. And then Sword of Orion was recorded on the 16th and 17th. So, goodness. So it went Stones of Venice first, then Sword of Orion, then Storm Warning. Sword of Orion and Stones of Venice recorded in Bristol while Storm Warning was recorded at the moat. That's not true. Well, then that's a complete lie. There we go. It's just yeah. on Big Finish website for some reason. I'll correct that. Um, the uh, Interesting. You see, they've got it wrong. Minuet in Hell, a large section of that was recorded in London, but not at the moat. It was recorded at a, a different studio altogether. We had to remount it because the script was so long. We overran uh, but we did all the doctor scenes in Bristol. Oh, well that, yeah, that might be why then. There's always turmoil in these things. Oh, well, anyway, here's the trailer. Doctor Who, The Stones of Venice. Look at the state of this place. It's all seen better days. I'd be ashamed to have carpets like this. No wonder it's deserted. You don't think that she could save us? I do not think anything could save us, Your Grace. Just as well. Salvation is, I think, such a dull and worthy concept. The distant sound of ceremonials. I wonder if they're into sacrifice as well. They usually are at that time. Together at last, I am here, my lord. Where have they gone? My guests, my people. 
They have fled. I can't blame them, really, Your Grace. No matter. I must find the portrait. I am here, my lord. I am here, my lord. How often you've called us amphibians, toads, fish people, yet none of you suspected the truth. Which is? And as for you lot, I don't carry weapons. I don't need them. And I must say, I think you treat your visitors here in a very shabby manner indeed. I'm glad I've managed to... Oh, I am to be joined with the Duke at dawn. No! Stand back, you fool! You'll be killed too! Down it! I tried to tell them. I tried. Look, the hands of the clock are meeting. That's it then. It's dawn. And the clock chimes out for the death of Venice. So Mark Gates features in this. I got a rip roar. I was going to say it's got a rip roaring cast, doesn't it? Yeah, Nick Scovel, old mate of mine. Brilliant Do- to see doctor him. within his own right of the uh, it, it fan didn't. film community. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Mr. Bronson, Michael Sheard. Oh, that's right. I remember in the green room, or when we were at lunch, that's right, he went up to Barnaby Edwards and he said, uh, Barnaby was eating some food and he said, they call me the Chip Stealer. <laughs> and he just took one of his chips. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love Michael Sheard, so uh, it's so funny. I can't remember what Barnaby's uh, response was, but I'm sure it's unpublishable. Um also, I remember that Mark Gatiss and the League of Gentlemen had just won um, a big award just before we did it. Yeah, so that was rather... He was basking in glory and we were all very, very proud to know him. He actually came back for the next season and did Invaders from Mars, didn't he? He did, he did indeed. Yeah. It's an important time uh, in some respects yeah. for a lot of different reasons, really. Well, yeah, we didn't know whether, you know, Paul would want to do any more. After this, we thought we thought maybe this would these would be the only Paul McGann adventures we did. And as I've said before, as we all arrived at the studio, he he'd arrived there before us because he lived in Bristol at that point. And we booked this rather lovely studio, and um, he uh, he was standing by the door like a doorman, inviting us all in with a big <laughs> smile on his face. He said, oh, "Hello, morning, morning, morning." He's all very cheerful. I think always very smiley, and we had a fantastic time. And I remember just at the end, and he wasn't keen, as people may have heard, he wasn't keen on having his photograph taken. So we were taking photographs without him. And then he just wandered into the shot and (laughs) put his arm around Nick Courtney and India Fisher. And we got some lovely pictures. And then he said, oh, you know, let's have a picture with, uh, uh, you know, with Jason, Gary and me and everything. And then afterwards, he said to Jason, he said, yeah, I think he said, let's reconvene. Let's do some more. And we would say, he wants to do some more. He wants to, does he, did he say he wants to? Yeah, he wants to do some more. Brilliant, brilliant. So, yeah, and that relationship has um, uh, continued uh, to this day. And um, I believe he was, uh, he was meant to be in the studio this week, but then Holby City nabbed him back. So um, that's been slightly delayed. But, you know, he loves coming, coming back. And um, I'm looking forward to working with him on uh, an, a secret undisclosed series. <laughs> Hopefully in August I'll be doing that. Yeah. Brilliant. Stones of Venice. Yeah, lovely. People love this one. It's such a shame that they didn't put review clips on the uh, um, website in those days because we had some fantastic reviews of him. 
you could pick it up for an outrageously naughty price as well. So they're definitely rather attractive. So I definitely recommend that one. Um, if not for for the fact that it's you know it's early big finish and it's you know some some very important big finish. I think those early yeah. Oh, India Fisher. Stuff. Why didn't I mention India Fisher? My dear friend India Fisher, who I did Celebrity Pointless with recently. When's it Fantastic. out? Do we know yet? It's not uh, out. If anyone doesn't know what Celebrity Pointless is. I'm not going to explain. <laughs> um, it's, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's out sometime in the autumn. Cool. Sounds good to me. Uh, Looking forward or the to that. fall, if you're listening across the pond. Um, and uh, they say they're going to email me to tell me when it's on. But I don't believe that. Anyway. It's all lies, 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 lies. lies. They'll never remember to tell me. But there we have it. So uh, the Randomoid Selectatron actually recorded at the moat not in bristol this uh, this <laughs> this week um it's not at all i'll just lie but yeah cheers ram always a diamond always deliver the goods we'll see you next week as the podcast zooms towards its inevitable destruction on the lava pools of the planet Ouch! Um, there's just time for Nick and I to construct the trailer for this here podcast. Here's a hammer, Nick. I'll take the chisel. <laughs> just... <laughs> That's really good. I love your drill noise. Hold on, wait a minute. Uh, wait. Oh, that was... oh, I like that. That was handy, wasn't it? That's a bit like a Dalek. Guy. Annihilate! <laughs> <laughs> no, the Daleks! Okay. Well, what does this sound like? Anything? Does it? This is how to how to ruin your microphone. No, it's no good, is it? It's not. No, no, nothing works. Nothing. 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 I've now got moisturiser all over my hands. Moisturise me. Moisturise me. <laughs> I was just watching that episode on BBC iPlayer. That's oh, good. New, New Earth. I was watching that one. I love uh, the uh, at the end of the world as well. Anyway, right here we go. Let's do that thing. Available now from Big Finish Productions, or at least available very, very soon, depending on when you're listening to this trailer. A podcast made available to the wider universe on the 17th of June in the year 2018. My name's Nick Briggs. And my name is Benji Clifford, and we cover a lot of fun things this week, starting with the latest releases. We've got Star Cops, we've got Jenny the Doctor's Daughter, with lots of review quotes as well. Uh, what have we got for the news? The Quantum Possibility, yeah, Quantum Possibility engine trailer, the Dalek occupation of winter not invasion uh, a big finish day update iron bright uh, with uh, colin baker and bernice summerfield the story so far we've got some nice early teasers for that and our guest star this week is jenny the doctor's daughter herself georgia tennant and the drama teasers uh, second doctor companion chronicles volume two dumb waiter with fraser hines and louise jameson cracking stuff enjoy and don't miss it big finish don't. have a listen <laughs> it's not going to be the new catchphrase. Big no. finish. Ever listen? No, it's not. Otherwise, we send the boys round. <laughs> what do you think of that as a trailer? Yeah, I thought it was pretty, pretty snappy. I would say. I thought it was pretty, pretty on it. I like it. Do you think it was uh, the shambles? <laughs> I'd say it was a complete, dis- a complete and utter disaster. No, I thought it was quite good. You know, we can't always deliver the goods, but when we do, I'd say they're pretty nice. To pretty nice, not bad. 
But now, of course, it is time to join the Second Doctor Companion Chronicles Volume 2 with a story entitled Dumb Waiter. Yes, Doctor. Uh, that's right, Jamie. Uh, headset on. Uh, oh, yes. Very fetching. Now, now, don't worry about all these wires. They they just connect you to the console. You mean the TARDIS is reading my mind? Uh, no, not not quite, Jamie. No, no. The, the telepathic circuit will be recording your thoughts. Now, I don't want to rely on my own memory alone, you see. Now, now, now just relax. Splendid. Now, while it's still fresh in your mind, think back step by step. The TARDIS has a far more reliable memory than I do under the circumstances, and I'll be able to access it when I need to, sometime in the future. So it's like telling a story. Yeah, yeah exactly, yes, uh, telling a story. Now, um, where to begin? Uh, the food machine, I think. Y- yes, re- remember, you, Victoria and I were in the corridor. Now just think about what happened. The TARDIS will do the rest. The Doctor and Victoria were ganging up on me, and just down the corridor, the TARDIS food machine gave a mighty belt that smelt a roast chicken, as if it was ganging up on me too. The corridor around the machine was littered with food wrappings and gnawed bones. I haven't even been near the food machine, not since breakfast. The Doctor gave me a look. Young lad like you, Jamie, you're bound to get hungry. You surely don't think Victoria would leave a mess like this. And I know that I didn't. Therefore... Ah, we appear to be landing. The doctor led us back into the console room and switched on the scanner before I had time to defend myself. But perhaps some bestia has gone to the TARDIS, Doctor. And we're not better find it before it tries to eat us too. You don't think that's really necessary, Jamie, do you? He didn't believe me. He and Victoria were gazing up at the scanner. There were trees outside, closely packed together. A forest. Now then, who'd like to explore? The doctor's enthusiasm was infectious, but Victoria gazed nervously up at the screen. It won't be dangerous, will it, doctor? she asked. I shouldn't expect so, Victoria, but it will be interesting. Somewhere new is is always interesting. He scampered round the TARDIS console, checking dials and displays. Yes, there's a a curious vegetable element in the atmosphere, otherwise the, the readings appear normal. So, fancy a stroll? I usually love the way those chunky double doors can lead out to, well, anywhere, but this time I didn't feel like going with them. Oh, you and Victoria, you go if you like. I'm staying here. Something is reading the food machine, and I'm going to find out what. Hello, hello. Uh, My word, this, this headset is uncomfortable. 
Is it recording? Uh, there should be a, a green light. Ah, ah, yes. Uh, <coughs> now then, now. Uh, I know you're a, a lot older than me, so do try to pay attention. I, I don't want you nodding off and missing something important. Uh, now, I found your memory circuit, so I, I know that you expect an account of what has happened back here. I, I was going to write it in my diary, but it only lasts 500 years, and I don't know how far ahead of me you are. If you can remember anything of what happened here, you should know that some of what we experienced wasn't real. So, I've slotted your memory circuit into the console, and I've got Jamie recording his memories too. It only remains for me to fill in a few gaps, and you'll have the whole story. Now then, <clears throat> Jamie had stayed in the TARDIS, and Victoria and I ventured out into the forest. Much of the planet's sunshine was obscured by the thick canopy of branches and the floor was an uneven tangle of roots. I noticed Victoria appearing nervously between the thick trunks. How are you feeling, Victoria? This place is, is all quite pleasant. She gave me one of the half-smiles that she often wore these days. You must think me quite the scary cat, she said. Oh, I admit we've, we've had a few scrapes recently, but, but look around her. A forest is, is fairly harmless. Victoria wrinkled her nose. Unless you count that evil smell, and those thorns look quite lethal. Yes, yes, the, the vegetable element. Quite pungent, isn't it? Hmm. Oh, can you hear something? A, a string quartet, if I'm not mistaken. The, the, this direction, I think. Uh, yes, if we follow this gap through the trees, and, and then mind the thorns. We followed the music squeezing through the thicket of trees until we found a clearing. Mercy, Victoria exclaimed, and took a few steps forward, all her anxiety forgotten. Oh, Doctor, look, it's a garden party. The clipped lawn before us was laid out with chairs around tables draped in white linen. Colourful flower beds shone in the sunlight, and fountains played over marble figures in ornamental ponds. The waiting staff moved among well-dressed guests with what looked like tea and cocktails and, and, and trays of cakes and savouries. Victoria was enchanted. Oh, it's charming. At the centre of the clearing was a, a squat tower, a ramp curved up to its summit where a bandstand was bedecked in fluttering bunting. A string quartet were reaching the end of their recital. Darling treasures! Where have you been hiding? A rather large woman wobbled towards us. She waved one hand in greeting while trying not to spill a cocktail glass held in the other. I wasn't expecting any more guests. This is splendid. Of whom do I have the pleasure, treasures? She grinned broadly above a cascade of chins. Uh, well, I'm, I'm the doctor and this young lady is uh, Victoria. Uh, we were just... Party. What a charming dress, Victoria. <laughs> you will both stay, won't you, for tea? Or something a might stronger. <laughs> I'm sure Carlos instructs the staff to be a bit shaky-handed when pouring the gin. <laughs> I glanced at Victoria. Her bright eyes were sweeping over the tables. No monsters, no invasion, no conflict. Just cake and polite conversation. Uh, thank you. Uh, a cup of tea and a bath Oliver would be very welcome. Uh, uh, sorry, I uh, I don't recall your name. Just call me Mrs. De Winter, Doctor. Everybody does. 
Do you know anyone? No? Then you must meet the vicar. The TARDIS corridors are all twisty-turny, so I easily found a corner to hide behind which gave me a view of the food machine. It hurt that the doctor didn't believe me. I, I suppose only a, I could know for certain that I hadn't touched the food. Mind you, the machine does a fine haggis and neeps, and I was beginning to feel peckish. Then I was aware of something, not ahead, but behind me. I turned just in time. A live young woman, bare legs and arms, sprang at me with a knife. The doctor places a metal bangle around my wrist. I ask him what it is for. But he just says that it is a present and multifunctional. His words make no sense. I have an old wound which has been nagging at me, Leela. It reminded me of an adventure we had a long time ago. I have not travelled with the doctor for long, but he ignores my confusion. A lot of what I can remember from back then wasn't real. Luckily, there are no less than three audio accounts of the incident held in the telepathic circuits. I've been jigsawing them into a logical sequence. It makes quite a story. We should listen to it sometime. I'm thinking of calling it Dumb Waiter. His hand rubs at his shoulder. You are wounded? The doctor looks suddenly worried. You don't have any Janus thorns on you, do you? I have brought a few thorns into the TARDIS, but the doctor has told me never to use them. So I have hidden them behind a round panel in my room. But he insists that this is important and makes me show him that the pouch at my side is empty. I distinctly remember telling you, he says, whatever the provocation, Leela, there is always a better way than killing. I do not remember him using these words before. Then he grins, but his eyes are steady and stare straight into mine. I can't give any advice, I'm afraid. Not without creating an appalling paradox. Good luck, Leela. Then he vanishes. Not only is the Doctor gone, the TARDIS is different too. I go straight to the console room. Some magic has changed the wooden walls into unnatural metal. The console is covered with strange dials and a round glass tank glows at its centre. I feel some of the controls, but I do not know the rituals that make the TARDIS work. There is strangeness all around me and I feel lost without the Doctor. Then I discover the intruders. There are three of them. How they have got into the TARDIS I do not know. Somehow they have got rid of the Doctor and taken over. Their chief is an old man with black hair and baggy clothes. He has a female companion in attendance. She is merely ornamental. And they are protected by a young guard. I have observed them from a distance and tried to listen to what they say. I think I have heard the name Doctor several times. But I do not know what they have done with him. 
I know that to overpower all three, I will need my Janus thorns. I find my way to my room. But this too has changed. It is filled with the clothes of the female, flowing skirts to make her appealing to her chief. I open the round panel in the wall, but my thorns have gone. I get food from the machine and eat it quickly while I listen for the intruders. Then I hear them approach. I do not have time to gather the wrappings and bones, and I know that they will be discovered. The TARDIS makes its landing cry, and I watch the chief and his woman open the doors and go outside. The young boy guard is left alone. This is my chance. The attention of the boy is on the food machine. I know he must be waiting for me to return. He is stocky and strong. He wears a shirt and a circle of patterned cloth is belted from his waist. Cumbersome, but loose enough for combat. I can see the hilt of a blade sticking out of his sock. There I have the advantage. A knife must be sheathed at the hip for easy access. I draw my knife and slink silently towards him. He must have some warrior's instinct because he turns just as I'm about to strike. He rolls to one side as I leap, landing on empty space, catching his shoulder only with my flailing left hand. He shrugs me off, twisting free as I roll to my feet, half crouching, knife held out, ready to pounce again. I have surprise on my side. He pushes himself up from the floor, a foolish move. The arms should be kept free. As he stands, I am on him again, twisting his right arm up behind his back and slamming him into the corridor wall. His left arm is pinned, and he cannot bend to reach his blade. Who are you? He does not reply. His face is pressed against the wall. His eyes twist and I begin to raise my knife so he can see that it is pointless to struggle. But he pulls himself down. He grunts as his arm is forced further up his back and he squirms like a young hoarder and slips free. Stepping back, he pulls out his blade and we face each other. I'm armed. I have a knife. His blade is small, like something to slice fruit. I point my knife towards him and see his face pale. We sidestep, first one way, then the other. Each time I get closer. There is surprise and fear in his young eyes, but still he stands ready to defend himself. I raise my chin and sidestep closer again. You do not frighten me, puny guard. I am Leela, warrior of the Sever Team, protector of the Doctor. My words seem to confuse the boy, and in that instant, I spring. I kick his knife to the floor. Then I am behind him with an arm around his neck. I dig my knee into the base of his spine and bent him till his back curves to breaking point. Still, he struggles till I let him feel the point of my knife in his side. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. It's all true. And don't forget to rate and review us 